1: When you're like trying to eat very cheaply for a long time, you get into this like pasta, rice, pasta, rice, yeah. pasta, rice. And like just having a different texture of that carbohydrate is a game changer for keeping your stamina up for cooking this way. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a weekly podcast about feeding families? Hey, I'm Megan.
2: And I'm Stacy. You guys, this week we are putting our best meal planning and grocery budget advice to the test to see how many budget dinner ideas we can come up with. The goal here is to kind of talk through some parameters and then give you a list of dinner ideas that are delicious, satisfying, and easy on the wallet. We're hoping that they actually come in at $10 about or maybe a little less. Can we do it?
1: You're jumping ahead a little bit. Listen, I need this episode. You know, I've talked about this in the grocery budget episode earlier this month, but we're really watching our food spending right now um, because we're doing a bunch of housework and we're saving for a big trip this fall. But Billis, we got to get to the parameters here because like we originally said $10 dinners, but like, is that for each serving? Is that per meal? Oh, no, I was thinking all of the ingredients. Mm -hmm. And I want to make a little bit of a joke here and say, is the new $10 dinner actually like the $20 dinner with (laughs) inflation, the $15 dinner? $10 dinner sounds better, but is it realistic? I don't know. I think
2: this is a really great question. And I think that we're predict that we're going to have different perspectives based on if nothing else the appetites that we're feeding. So I think there's a lot of variables here, and I hope that people hit play with grace today, right? Because we're going to try to come in, at least this is what I thought the charge was. $10 or less for the meal. I was thinking average family of four. Okay. $10 for everything that you need to feed your family of four. But of course, not everyone has a family of four. So it's still $10 if you're trying to feed three people. Maybe you have leftovers, maybe you don't many people have more than four people that they're feeding. So would you increase the budget accordingly? Like if you have six or eight people, maybe think about this as like a $15 or $20 dinner because you have more mouths to feed. Also, appetites are a thing, right? So like I was doing a little bit of research where I grocery shop. There's regional differences. There's differences in prices by store, like the amount, the price per pound you're going to get for chicken breasts at Aldi is going to vary a lot, actually, because we just recently did the research on this, is really different than the price per pound you're going to get at a stop and shop or, I don't know, a Pathmark is a Northeast Yeah, and that's not
1: even considering quality, your quality yeah. preferences. If you like to buy organic chicken, it's going to cost more. Or you want it pre-sliced. Like, there's a lot to consider here. And how many mouths you're feeding. So, like, one pound of chicken is
2: often called for in a recipe for four people. One pound of chicken, as the main, it absolutely does not accommodate my family of four. Right. So, you know, if you can find a pound of chicken for $7.50, you have a little bit of wiggle room in this $10 budget for your family of four. But for mine, if I'm getting a pound and a half, I'm already over it and all I've gotten with the chicken. Yeah. So for me, I tried to actually challenge myself just because I thought it was interesting. I really like came from the perspective of what if I had to feed my, myself and my three guys, which is $10. And uh, that ended up pushing me more towards non-meat meals And I just figure, like, okay, that'll give that'll give options to people who have bigger appetites, tighter budgets, who are vegetarian. How about you? Did you end up in the same place or No.
1: Okay. But like not in a defensive way. I I certainly have some vegetarian meals on my list. I came at it from the perspective of most meals, like a lot of the meals that get recommended to busy home cooks as like these are easy family meals do categorically end up being less expensive. But I think that there's also like some strategy behind it. And in general, like uh, my family of four, it's interesting that we both have families of four, but I think our appetites are different both from a like just age perspective and just like how we eat in general perspective. So I do have chicken recipes and like some ground beef recipes on my list of ideas. But I think they're also like maybe a little more carb heavy, right? Like you're using that pound of chicken and it's getting chopped up and tossed with pasta or served over rice. So other components of the meal are more filling, delicious and satisfying. Which I think is great. Like, I think there are some people who are going to listen to this and they're never going to actually tabulate like that. We we kept them under ten dollars and maybe it's like more like twelve. It's kind of like when we do five ingredient dinners and we're like, okay, well, maybe it's like six if you do this, but it's worth it. Yeah, because like it's good to have an eye on budget, but it's not realistic that every single meal for your whole week is going to be just ten dollars because you also need to like be stocking up on some staples, too.
2: I think it could be, though. Okay. And for some people, but like, I don't think it has to be, is your point. Yes. So I think that we're going to have a good range. And I'll try to note, like, when I have a dish that I feel like, oh, this would be really good with chicken. If, yes. And if that works for you or if you're willing to go up to $15 to feed your family for do it. Like, go for it. And I bet you that a lot of your dishes that have meat... Could probably be adapted to skip the meat. Absolutely. Right? So great. I think we're going to have a really good healthy range that kind of bullseyes this idea of spending $10 for a meal, which I think is going to be the most helpful. I'm really
1: excited about
2: this episode. I'm so excited about this
1: episode. Before we get any deeper into like some top line advice about how to make budget dinners easier on yourself, we should talk about meal planning for everyone. Woo!
2: Yeah. Meal planning for everyone, if you haven't heard, is our self-guided audio course that can help anyone and everyone. That's why we use that word to create a meal planning system that works for them. You know, upon some very deep reflection, Megan and I decided that in 2024, we were going to get really serious with you guys (laughs) about how important meal planning is for getting your like your food life in order so that feeding your family doesn't feel so overwhelming and you can save money and save yourself time. But we know that it's an obstacle for a lot of you guys. And we think that the obstacle is that you are trying to adapt to someone else's meal planning system as opposed to creating one that's designed for you by you. So, we include 12 audio classes, four bonus classes with contributors like Jess Dang of Cook Smarts and Kelsey Nixon of Recipe Club. There's a new meal planning community just for students who opt into meal planning for everyone. And together, we're going to help you create your own meal planning system. It's a one time investment because then you'll have a system that can flex to the different stages of life and parenting that you're going through, check it out and learn more by visiting didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash meal planning for everyone.
1: 2024 is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinnertime overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost-effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate free and wild-caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices
2: delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket.
1: Dinner time overwhelm be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at
2: butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y short for Didn't I Just Feed You to choose your free offer and get $20 off.
1: Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. Short for dinner, I just feed you to get a code for fifteen percent off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads love where you live.
2: That's HomeThreads.com backslash D I J F Y today to get fifteen percent off your first order.
1: This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods.
2: As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save
1: on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on
2: Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if
1: you're over 21... Wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market.
0: Tonight, I'd like to transport you to Night Falls, a mystical place where a luminescent waterfall glimmers in a starlit clearing amongst ancient pines. You can join me here every Sunday
2: and Tuesday with a podcast of bedtime stories created to help you fall asleep easily. There's truly nothing more relaxing than a story
0: told by Firelight. So search Nightfall's Bedtime Stories on your favourite podcast player and gather around the fire for a soothing tale tonight. Can I
1: start top line advice with a little bit of a joke sure <laughs> that probably ruins the joke this is why I'm not a professional comedian you know how everyone's like oh uh, girl math which yeah. girl math is financially sound the idea that you've like already spent money on something and then you're returning it and so you're basically like making money that's legit that is a very real math thing it's called sunk costs so when we're talking about meals or that are budget meals Anything that's already in your pantry, it doesn't count. It's free, basically, because it's a sunk cost. You've already spent the money on it. And I think we should get some freebies here, just like salt, pepper, oil. Sure. Some dried spices. And that's all I'm going to say is sunk costs for the purposes of this exercise. I agree with you,
2: although it's funny because I think about it differently, although they're probably related concepts, you know, more about like budgeting and finance than me. But I think about it as pro rating costs. So, like, it's not that it's free. You paid for the salt. But if you paid, you know. for a container of salt, you're prorating that cost across time or number of meals. So the actual cost for the salt that you're using in this dinner is negligible. Therefore, we're not really
1: counting it in this calculation. Yes. Okay. That's legit. also legit meal planning, budget meals math.
2: Look at me go. Look at Go. Thanks for the claps and flowers, Megan. And I love it. Uh, can we start with meat, too? Because we've already talked a little bit about it, but we specifically called out chicken breasts and ground beef, which I think is interesting. Are those typically the most affordable? Like if we're just trying to go for the most affordable meat?
1: no. They're not, and I think this is an exercise too in trying some different things out, right? In my experience, chicken thighs are less expensive than chicken breasts. I know like not everyone loves them as much as Stacy and I love them. Uh, and anytime you're getting chicken breast, like if it's um, sliced in half for you, or if it's like the chicken breast tenderloin, it's gonna be more expensive too than chicken breast. And then when it comes to ground meat, I actually find, like, ground pork is way less expensive in my grocery store or even ground turkey than ground beef is. Yeah, you know what's so
2: interesting? I assumed that was the case, and I just did some price comparison on, like, the latest prices at my supermarket. And ground beef was the most affordable. The ground pork was kind of expensive. I was surprised. But I do think that, you know, in a lot of dishes, especially the kind of dishes that we're going to run through today— Ground turkey, ground chicken. You can get ground white meat or ground dark meat and ground pork. They're often interchangeable. Right. It can be a little bit different, you know, but like check out the prices because it might be that you can switch it up and just grab whatever's cheapest at the moment.
1: Yes. And that's one of the strategies we often use when I'm trying to like bring our grocery budget down it's like okay we're not going to do ground sirloin this week but instead we can say make the same tacos with like ground pork or ground turkey yes
2: okay that's neat produce let's talk about veg frozen canned fresh i tend to grab frozen veg, especially when I'm trying to like make a meal as affordable as possible. I think frozen veg has a bad reputation. Actually, so much frozen veg is better than the fresh produce this time of year in a lots of of parts of the country, like where I live in the Northeast, because it's flash frozen right after it's picked. You just got to know how to cook it right.
1: Yes. And a lot of times you will save prep like frozen broccoli, where it's the yes. flore- the florets are already all cut up for you. And sometimes they're even blanched before freezing. So they're like perfect for throwing on a hot sheet pan and roasting in the oven. I also think that they're a great strategy for when you want to do something like a stir fry as the veg component of a meal. And instead of buying like six different fresh ingredients, you buy just the stir fry blend. You can save a lot of money and a lot of prep that way too.
2: Yeah, totally. Do you use canned vegetables a lot?
1: I don't actually, as a matter of course, and this is really interesting because we recently got sent some canned collard greens. Yes, we did. And I was like, how do I feel about this? I'm not really sure. I don't think I could mentally get over the greens in a can, but then I like canned ingredients like sweet potatoes they can be like a way to jumpstart a meal or a dish or soup or whatever so I don't know I just don't as a matter of course maybe it's something that I grew up with a lot of canned vegetables and I don't I think I don't like the texture and I haven't tried them again recently but they're also incredibly affordable
2: yeah I I will buy canned corn I definitely buy canned sweet potato but you'll be surprised sometimes just Buying and roasting the sweet potato is going to end up being more affordable because potatoes are often really nicely priced, just the whole thing. It's just a little bit more work. So it depends. But yeah, I do think peas, corn in general, or like a pea carrot mix, which you can also get frozen. I would say if you're finding it cheaper in the canned food aisle, grab
1: it. Go for it. You know what's Mm -hmm. interesting is neither of us said canned tomatoes but i know that both of us keep oh, them yeah. stocked in our pantries like it's almost a separate category in my brain i agree <laughs> totally <laughs> oh maybe because i'm never gonna just like drain the tomatoes and serve them as a side right 100%. they're gonna be the basis of like a blender salsa or a pasta sauce or something like or curry so that's really funny i do like canned tomatoes a lot i do I too keep on, in stock and speaking of which what a great segue
2: making sauces. You know, I think that sauces can really elevate a simple meal that's only being made with a handful of ingredients. And it's very tempting and it's very convenient to grab those jarred salsas, pre-made salsas. But they can be a little bit pricey and you just it's like a price per pound kind of thing. Like if you make your own enchilada sauce with a 28 ounce can of diced red tomatoes, you're going to get a lot more enchilada sauce out of it for the price. So anytime that you can and it feels manageable to you, if you're trying to keep the
1: price per meal down, try to make your sauces. Yes, I'm a big proponent of that. And there are a lot of sauces that you think like, oh, the bottled version is going to be best when actually you can make a really quick like teriyaki sauce or peanut sauce with just a few ingredients that you likely already have in your kitchen and you're saving money. Totally agree with you. OK, anything else in terms of strategies before we get into recipes? One last thing I want to say that we didn't talk about when we were talking about meat is that anything that's like a convenience food is going to be more expensive. So sometimes you'll see a recipe that calls for like rotisserie chicken. And just to, again, this is going to be totally like where you're sourcing the chicken. If it's more or less expensive, you might save money by buying the or seem to save money by buying the rotisserie chicken Where you could have cooked the same amount of chicken breast and actually saved more. So it's just a thing to watch out for that pre-made foods are always going to be a little bit more expensive or tend to be a little bit more expensive. Totally.
2: Oh, and Megan, I just thought of one other thing going back to the sauces thing. Flavor packets, too. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't make your own sauce... But you want that gravy or that ranch and it's not fitting and you happen to have some of the basic ingredients at home that we're saying are sunk costs, like broth or sour cream or milk, whatever it might be, grab a flavor packet, like a seasoning packet. And those are also a great way. I mean, again, like seasoning blends. If you're going to like make drumsticks, you're probably going to if you're going to spend money on the meat. Just make a spice mix out of the spices you already have in your spice cabinet, right? And that will save you. But like those spice mixes, those flavor mixes also double as a spice blend as well. So sometimes they're just good to have on hand, especially the ranch.
1: Yes. And I know you endorse. I, I endorse the ranch. And I do love some of the sauce packets that are like the brown gravy or the Italian know, dressing. Yeah. Because they have emulsifiers and thickeners in them. Where is if you were trying to buy all those ingredients, like beef broth and cornstarch and garlic and onion powder. Like it's going to cost you a lot more for one meal if you only need it for that one meal than it would to just buy the like $1.29 envelope of brown gravy. So it's a strategy here to make the decision yep. uh, whether to buy the things and make them or take the shortcut that's going to save you money up front. All right. Should we get into some recipe ideas? All right. I'm just going to run through my ideas and I'll throw some like serving around it suggestions, which I think we'll still keep it under $10. So we both recently made like lemon garlic chicken, which I think is a great way to use up an inexpensive cut of chicken, like chicken thighs, or if you find a deal on chicken breasts, and then you could serve it with some sauteed zucchini and an orzo risotto. I love chicken teriyaki. I can't believe we haven't talked about this as being like a very nostalgic thing for me growing up outside of Seattle. Like you can get chicken teriyaki so inexpensively at all these little shops. And it's like one of my most favorites. I never knew that. That's crazy to be this deep Deep in and not know. (laughs) I love that. I consider it like comfort food and we most often do it with chicken thighs and we'll serve it over rice or ramen noodles because you know Ella's in her rice-hating era. And then we'll do frozen edamame or frozen snap peas, which this week I had to buy frozen snap peas because my store was out of fresh and I realized that they were like a dollar cheaper and I'm just going to throw them in the pan and blister them anyways than the fresh ones were. So, can I admit something? I feel like I don't I haven't even noticed frozen snap peas. It was literally the first time I think I've ever bought them in my entire life. Yeah. They, they, they were out in the produce section. And then I was in the freezer section buying tater tots and was like, I should just see like, is that a thing? And one brand, Bird's Eye, carries them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, OK. Now I feel like I can see the package,
2: the like the Bird's Eye. But yeah, it's like something I just must gloss over Uh. Genius.
1: Pro tip. Love it. Yes. I am so glad it happened before this episode. Okay. Butter chicken is another great recipe that can be inexpensive. You are going to have to build your own spice blend because I don't think you can get chicken pieces and a jarred sauce, etc. But like a can of coconut milk is not very expensive. And again, I would serve this with rice and a bag of like freezer stir fry as the veg. In general, there's a theme here, which is chicken and rice. And I think Stacey's recipe from Winner Winner Chicken Dinner is like so good and so inexpensive and there's lots of variety in there. So you could like choose a flavor profile that you already have the ingredients from. So a plug for Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. This is one of those times where I'm like, oh, is this weird that I have this on the list because Stacey's so Greek. (laughs) 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 Like there's a measure of being Greek. Recently, I've been doing like a lemon chi- Greek lemon chicken bake where you do like potatoes and there's like lemon pieces on the sheet pan and you just like throw the whole thing in the oven and the potatoes get like they soak up like all the olive oil and the lemon and it's so good and great. Like any chicken piece. I'm like, now I should make this with drumsticks now that you mentioned it. I have to look at this recipe. <laughs> OK, no comments. Moving on. Uh, nachos, I think, are a great inexpensive dinner and a great way to use up leftovers. And I think you could do them from scratch with like a bag of tortilla chips, canned beans, buy some inexpensive cheese and grate it yourself. Great family dinner that's under $10. I also think peanut noodles are another great way to, and this, you don't need like, you could do it with chicken or tofu, or you could do edamame to get a little protein in there, or just do sliced cucumbers, can be very filling on its own. And we have a great peanut sauce recipe in our recipe archive if you've listened to what we're cooking and eating now as recently you know that i've been on this beef and broccoli kick but instead of using like a whole cut of beef and thinly slicing it using just ground beef and this one uses a sauce so- the the recipe that we'll link to from simple home edits is a sauce that like can be made from pantry ingredients that you already have bean and cheese quesadillas or burritos one of our all-time favorite budget meals and i typically serve those with like potato wedges, sweet potato wedges or whatever, and do like a little a spice of garlic and onion powder, maybe some paprika, salt and pepper. And then last thing I'm going to mention is kielbasa. Do it with peppers and onions and serve it over rice or grits or polenta. Nice.
2: I love my kids love a meal that involves just roasted sausage.
1: <laughs> you love a meal that involves just roasted sausage. I do. Yeah. I do. Do you think sausage is a good an effective budget consideration? You know, I'm glad that you mentioned sausage because I had a thought.
2: One of my nostalgic meals from when I was young, you mentioned chicken teriyaki. I used to love <laughs> sauteed cut up hot dogs, scrambled eggs. Yeah. You like cut up the hot dogs, you sizzle them so they get like nice and crispy around the edges and then you scramble the eggs right there so their hot dogs are mixed in. And I had this thought that okay, number 1, there's an idea. Probably given the price of eggs these days, it would depend how many people you're feeding, their appetites and if you already if eggs are, are sunk cost for you for this meal, if they are, like if you already have a dozen eggs that you need to use up and you just need to grab a package of hot dogs, like this is a great idea. But then it got me thinking about how hot dogs can be used in lieu of sausage if sausage is too expensive. It's great for fried rice. It's great with ramen noodles. There are lots of ways that you can use hot dogs. I love that. I mean, besides just I mean, eating hot know, dogs, which you, you know, I don't love, love to a do. hot
1: dog, but <laughs> I'm like, I would eat hot dogs in a fried rice like 100 for sure so good 100 okay. percent. i'm down with it so i'm seeing like
2: at my grocery store sausage looks like it's about six dollars and 39 cents a pound um so again to me that's pretty on par with chicken breast where yes i think it fits it probably wouldn't fit for my family because one pound one package of sausage is not going to be enough But I think it's a really good one, especially when you're just sautéing it with peppers and onions, which are both really affordable, and rice or just rolls, which maybe either of those might be a sunk cost for you
1: already. Like, I think it's a beautiful meal. Okay, what other meals do you have on your list, Phyllis?
2: One way that I've served sausage in the past is marinated beans on toast. But honestly, you could just do beans on toast. It's really great. You can add some like melted cheese on top if you want to make it heftier. I know that sounds like a pretty skimpy meal. And I'm always the one advocating for bigger meals because a skimpy meal just won't cut it in my house. But if you get sourdough which you can get or like nice crusty bread probably not from your local artisanal bakery but from the supermarket which has a great like most supermarkets these days have a really good bakery and get nice thick crusty bread and then two cans of white beans you know which will make a lot to go on top I think it could work especially if you just do some like sliced cheese snack board style on the side or melt cheese on top
1: Can I throw in here, I think you could also save money on the bread by doing something like buying freezer Texas toast. And it'll already be like buttered and seasoned and it'll be thick enough to hold the beans too.
2: Sure, I love it. And then you could kind of experiment with the beans, get like baked beans or barbecue beans and go with a different vibe. What else do I have here? Chilaquiles, especially if you have a whole bunch of leftover tortilla chips, which somehow seems to always be the case in my house. But you can just make some like enchilada sauce or a green verde sauce and saute it with the tortilla chips. And then not necessarily traditional, but you can add either like a can of beans for some heft. Or again, if you have those eggs, you can serve a fried egg on top. It's really delicious. Cheesy beef and shells I'm throwing in there because... I think I could probably make this for $10 because one pound plus the beef does make enough for my family, like just enough. But what I like about this idea and this recipe, besides the fact that it is like a winner, my family loves it. Your family loves it. Even with their varied tastes, people in our community are always talking about how they tried the recipe and they love it. And it's a good example of how, even if you have a family like mine, where if you're serving meat as the main, one pound wouldn't be enough. One pound of ground beef in a recipe like this is enough. You know, it's more like, it's not a casserole, but in that casserole kind of way, you can kind of stretch it.
1: Yeah, it's the heft. The heft is the pasta. The heft is the pasta.
2: Same for kind of egg roll in a bowl, which we have a recipe for that calls for ground pork. There's just so much sautéed veg, like hefting it up. And then especially if you add a little bit of rice on the side, uh, I think that would work too. But I also think that egg roll in a bowl can be served without the pork if that doesn't fit. I find that really satisfying. Creamy lemon pasta is another really popular recipe that we share a lot of the time. And it's literally milk and or cream, lemon You use the zest and the juice and a pound of pasta or a pound and a half if you're feeding big eaters. And it's just so delicious. And if you want to add a veg, you know, frozen peas would be perfect with that. Or like frozen spinach can be added to it if you drain it and squeeze it out.
1: Yeah, you could use steamed green beans on the side like from frozen
2: too. Totally. Yeah, totally. Or roast broccoli from frozen. You know, whatever is just like the most affordable veggie on the side. I also really like all manner of orzo orzo risotto is like I think it might originate with Mark Bittman from his how to cook everything but who knows where he got the idea but you can find a million orzo orzo risotto recipes online. You can make them creamy. You can use milk and Parmesan or heavy cream. You can use broth and tomatoes. But one thing that I really like to do is to grate zucchini into it as well and some lemon. And that's just like another way besides the typical advice of adding frozen peas or adding frozen broccoli. Another way to get veg- affordably like to stretch it and get it into the meal like a one-pot meal that just doesn't cost a lot of money all the canned chili that's a recipe that we have it's really hefty and it's really great you grab some canned sweet potato or pumpkin you grab some beans you grab some canned tomatoes which for whatever reason in our minds is a totally separate <laughs> thing <laughs> and you put it together with spices and there you go you have a delicious chili I know that rice casseroles are really popular for budget meals because rice is typically a sink cost, but it's also great like price per pound most places. And then you can add cheese, you can add frozen veg, like there's so many different ways you can flavor it. You mentioned chicken and rice, so it's the same sort of idea, but I also wanted to mention as an alternative chickpeas and lentils as another great way to skip the meat and add an affordable protein to some sort of like skillet
1: casserole or bake made with rice. Love that. I'm like, why don't I cook rice and collards and black eyed peas like all together more often? Because those are like two of those collard greens and black eyed peas like we eat for as Hop and John at the beginning of the year and sometimes like for birthdays. Like, why don't we eat that like once a week? Because it is super affordable. Yeah,
2: it's so good. Let's talk for a minute about soups. Because I think soup is a great way you can use you can make soup with affordable ingredients. But even if you go like a tiny bit over your ten dollar budget, you're probably going to end up with a pot that feeds your family of four for more than one meal, even if you have big eaters like mine. And one of my favorite soups that's in rotation right now is called spicy chickpea soup. It's not spicy at all. I'll share the recipe with you guys in the show notes. But it's basically a spiced chickpea soup, but it gets its, its texture and its heft from chickpeas that you end up blending and from canned tomatoes and just like some spices and you finish it with lemon. It is so affordable. It makes a ton. And then you have a little money left over to, you know, grab that Texas toast or the garlic bread or make garlic bread, whatever it might be. A roasted tomato soup is also really great. You can use canned tomatoes if you got a good price on them. But I will say, winter tomatoes suck. (laughs) But you might also be able to get a good price on them. And if you can just pop them into the oven, like just put them in a pot, and then douse them with olive oil and some salt and pepper if you want, and then Put them in the oven to roast, and then you can pick out the peels and puree them, you're gonna condense the flavor. Part of the problem with them when they're out of season is that they're watery. There's still, even when you, you know, roast them, you're not gonna get like a beautiful summer sweet flavor, but you're gonna get much more flavor than you might think you will. And that can also make it really affordable because sometimes winter tomatoes that suck are cheap. <laughs> love that. And I feel like lots of people love roasted tomato soup. Curries. I think you mentioned curries, too, right? Where you're just talking about like coconut milk and spice blends. If you want to skip the meat, I think sweet potatoes. We mentioned that they can be really affordable, either canned or just fresh. Dicing them up gives a lot of heft, a lot of nutritional You know, they pack a lot of nutritional punch and chickpeas are another thing that I use in my curries all the time when I'm making them vegetarian and that it feels hefty and very nutritional tofu. You mentioned tofu kind of in passing, but I just want to take a minute with tofu because tofu is great. And I think that, you know, you can get a really inexpensive package of tofu and one package of tofu actually will work for my family. But even if you use a package and a half, you're still doing really well budget wise. So if you're making those peanut noodles, you know, the peanut sauce, a lot of the things that you're going to throw into the peanut sauce are your sunk costs. And then you toss it with crispy roasted or air fried tofu. You can even throw noodles in there and you're probably still under $10. And you get a little extra protein, a little extra heft. So really explore
1: tofu. It also soaks up flavor so well. So that's another great one. Can I add in talking about tofu that more and more there's like seasoned tofus like that uh, tofu brand, Nasoya. They make like pre-seasoned in a sauce, like they call it a tossable and there's like sweet chili flavor. I think there's a teriyaki flavor. And so a smaller amount than a block of tofu would be, but then you're not spending any money on like the sauce component of your meal. And so you can fill it out with more veg or more rice or more, more noodles. So some of those convenience foods are actually like cost beneficial. And I have actually never used them
2: because this is new. I've seen people online using them and I haven't found them in my market yet, even though we do carry that brand. But I don't want people to get locked in on this idea that because the tofu is sweet chili flavored, then I have to like flavor it with a sweet chili sauce. Actually, I would place bets, even though I haven't tried it, that you can still really play with the flavor of your tofu as long as you're in the same general ballpark as sweet chili flavors, because it's really it goes such a long way to marinate and flavor your tofu ahead of time. Like even if just for 10 minutes and a little soy sauce and sesame oil, the tofu is going to soak that up. And that's kind of a base flavor. That's not going to necessarily be super prominent. So you're also, when you're using those tofus, you're helping yourself learn to play with and like tofu more because you're instantly going to get something that's more flavorful. So, like, don't be scared by the flavoring. Like, go for it and then play with it on top of that. Yes.
1: Okay, what else, And I just want to
2: linger one more time on ramen noodles because you mentioned it again kind of in passing. But I think ramen noodles is really genius because... It's cheaper than pasta, it can be cheaper than rice, Mm -hmm. and it cooks fast, and it's tasty and can be used outside of the flavor packet. Like the way you use it in a stir fry to add heft, maybe you're going to buy less chicken, but then ramen... Like instead of serving your stir fry that has less chicken over rice, which feels like a separate component and it feels like the stir fry itself is the main and it doesn't feel as bulky, add the ramen noodles to the stir fry. And now that's like the whole dinner and it instantly feels bulky and it's inexpensive.
1: Yes. And can we just talk about that? It's like a variety when you're like trying to eat very cheaply for a long time. You get into this like pasta, rice, pasta, rice pasta rice and like just having a different texture of that carbohydrate is a game changer for keeping your stamina up for cooking this way and you didn't mention it but it is kind of like egg roll in a bowl our ramen noodle salad where you actually use them like crunchy is a whole other texture component and i think that recipe calls for chicken but you could easily sub in some frozen edamame or that tofu It also calls for fresh broccoli,
2: which actually gives it a whole lot of heft. We designed that recipe to be a main, not like a cider picnic salad. So that's the way that it differs from a lot of other ramen salads that you'll find on the Internet. So I agree. Like, that's a great
1: starting place. Okay, is that it? I think it is. I feel like we we have a lot of ideas. But, you know, there's going to be more ideas coming out of the best place on the Internet, which is our listeners community.
2: You guys, before we sign off, we'd love to invite you there. The Didn't I Just Feed You listeners boards, come visit us. It is free to join us there. Free members get direct access to us. And all the other busy home cooks that are sharing recipes and ideas and talking about episodes and other good stuff. Plus, you get access to our recipe archive, shopping guides, and other helpful checklists.
1: In addition to our free listeners boards, we also have a wonderful supporting community, which is one way that you can financially support these free public episodes. But when you join, you get access to our ad-free stream, Two bonus episodes each month. We do monthly-ish live QA sessions and we throw in some uncut gems as well. Find out more about becoming a member of our free or supporting community at did I just feed backslash community. Don't forget to follow us. We are at Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed until next week.
2: Leave us a rating or review and make sure to give it 5 stars and leave an epic comment.
1: Do it.